He said, I'll never leave you, never forsake you. Be with you always. I'm glad that always is still meaning that he's present right now. Amen. What a joy. It is this morning to be in the house of the Lord. I am so grateful. Uh, thank you, worship team, for leading us. Thank you for your faithfulness week in and week out. They, they began to get me a little stirred up this morning when they began to sing about the blood. How many is thankful for the blood this morning? Amen. I am... We're going to talk about that here in just a little bit, if the Lord would help us. Uh, but today, as we uh, are in the house of the Lord, let us know today that we are on the winning side. We are not defeated, but we are overcomers this morning. And uh, old brother S.M. Lockhart said this. He said, it's time to move from Complaint Avenue and begin to live on Thanksgiving Boulevard. I, I think there's some truth in that. So I, I, I pray that we got some people that's living on Thanksgiving Boulevard this morning because I can stand here today and tell you I'm thankful for the blood. I'm thankful for the cross. I'm thankful for the resurrection. But I'm also thankful for the promise of a soon coming king. And uh, I don't know about you, but we're getting ready to get out of here. And uh, oh, what, the, what we're going to see. And uh, we've, we, we want to... We want to occupy till he comes, but uh, there's a song this morning uh, for a place called heaven, and, uh, and I think many of you can, can relate to that today. Those of you going to class, feel free to do so at this time. Those in the sanctuary, just uh, buckle up this morning, if you would. We're going to go a lot of places in Scripture. Uh, I, I hope that the Lord will anoint me to deliver to you what I feel in my spirit this morning. Uh, and what uh, he has deposited uh, in my spirit over the last uh, several days. And uh, I'm going to do my best uh, to empty myself this morning so that you can walk out of here filled with the Holy Spirit, I pray. Uh, we're going to begin. I, I'm going to ask you to turn with me to Matthew chapter 24. I want to read the passage of Scripture to you in just a moment. Uh, from there, but they're not, we're just going to use this to begin, uh, but we're going to then transition to Acts chapter number one. Uh, if the Lord would help me today, I'm going to minister for a little while on the thought, that which was left. But before I get there, I, I want to just kind of bring all of us into the same place this morning. I believe today that there needs to be a restoration of hope in the midst of hopelessness, in the hour in which we live. I see a lot of people overwhelmed, uh, weary. I, I listen to people and deal with uh, families that are going through real struggles and how many knows the weight of life sometimes becomes heavy. And uh, if we try to do it in ourselves, we exhaust ourselves and we find ourselves in a place where we need to be refreshed and renewed. And this morning, I pray that we can accomplish that together. Just uh, right now, it appears today that we are very much entering into the time of sorrows that we are often taught about or heard mentioned in Scripture. And therefore, 
I want to read to you this morning from Matthew 24, starting in verse number 4, to begin our time together. It simply says Jesus is talking to his disciples. They're sitting on top of the Mount of Olives. And he simply says to them, because they had come to him and said, when is all of this stuff going to be? When's, what's the sign of your coming? When is the end of the world coming? And this is what he says to them in verse number four in the following. He says, take heed that no man deceive you, for many shall come in my name, saying, I am Christ and shall deceive many. And you shall hear of wars and rumors of war. See that you be not troubled, for all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. For nations shall rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom, and there shall be famines and pestilence and earthquakes in diverse places. All these are the beginning of sorrows. Then shall they deliver you up to be afflicted and shall kill you, and you shall be hated of all nations for my name's sake. And then shall many be offended and shall betray one another and shall hate one another, and many false prophets shall rise and shall deceive many." And because iniquity shall abound, the love of many shall wax cold, but he that it shall endureth unto the end, the same shall be saved. All right. You've probably heard that said and read and preached from many times. But notice with me, I'm going to validate my statement that we are living in this time in Scripture. Just a few things that is taking place right now. I want to give them to you. And this is not to bring you down. I promise we're going to end on a good note today if you just stay with me, all right? But right now, currently, while we're sitting in this building, here's just a few things that's taking place around the globe. Are you ready? Floodwaters are destroying parts of Germany and Belgium. China has been shaken by devastating rains and economic challenges. China gets usually 21 inches of rain a year. They got 20 inches of rain at one time. Well over 60 fires are burning presently in the western part of the United States alone. Idaho, Oregon, California are all in critical positions this morning. Extreme heat in the western part of the United States is causing severe drought. Nobody's talking about it, which is greatly affecting the water supply that powers many of the power sources and the power grid. Chaos in many regions around the world is taking place as we sit here this morning. Cuba is crying for freedom while the world ignores them other than Russia, I might add. One in three people is unable to put enough food on the table. Over 5.3 million people have left there in recent, uh, in recent months. Uh, Nigeria is plagued with hunger and violence. Christians right now have been abducted for their faith and been slaughtered because they will not denounce their faith in Christ. The South Sudan has been overran with conflict and desert locust swarms is destroying every crop that is planted and a hunger crisis is getting greater every day. Ethiopia is filled with uprisings and locust outbreaks, not to mention the effect of the pandemic that is killing thousands. Uh, the Democratic Republic of Congo is experiencing its greatest hunger crisis over, uh, ever as it deals with power struggles and disease that is going uh, rapidly in many directions. Uh, this morning, Syria is torn by war and terror. 
food is becoming scarce. And those that has now become the new target is those that is trying to provide aid to those that are hurting. We find today that in Afghanistan it has now been overran by terror groups. It's plagued with hunger crisis and there's an increase of disease. And we find that actually this week they began to behead people once again because they were standing and working with the United States of America. Yemen currently is so bad that over 80% of its people is in need of assistance right now. They cannot survive on their own. Not to mention that this year, 2021, that there's thousands of earthquakes that have taken place that's registered over a 4.1 on the Richter scale. That's not to mention all of the other shakings. Uh, we find that violence is on the rise across the globe as well as every major city in the United States of America. We find that businesses are closing by the hundreds. Uh, human trafficking right now is an all-time high, is on track to surpass the drug cartels uh, within the next 18 months. Uh, can I tell you, uh, those that is doing that is living next door to you. Uh, corrupt governments are enslaving their own. Uh, evil is now celebrated while good is punished, mocked, and then even silenced. Uh, we find that faith has been assaulted not secretly but openly right now. In Canada alone, in the last few months, uh, we find that over 45 churches have been burnt uh, and have been destroyed. Life has been lost uh, because of the faith of Jesus Christ. Uh, if one is not careful with all of this being said, uh, it is easy to lose sight of one's purpose uh, and become paralyzed by fear. Uh, but I want to focus on the good news this morning uh, that there is still hope in Jesus. Amen. Hear me this morning. For a few minutes today, I want to look at what was left when he ascended back to heaven. We can talk about and dwell on Mar and Matthew chapter 24, and we should study it, and we should look at it, and we should examine it. Uh, but we need to understand that the latter part of that I read in Matthew 24 to you was simply this. Uh, but he that shall endure unto the end, the same shall be saved. That means you can't let everything before that keep you paralyzed in fear and being who God's called you to be because stuff's going to happen. All right. But he is a God that is faithful. Anybody ever had to deal with stuff before you thought it was going to destroy you didn't think he's going to make it, but all of a sudden God stepped in. Can I tell you that which is impossible with us uh, becomes possible when he steps in. So therefore, I don't want you to be upset. I don't want you to be downtrodden. I don't want you to be distraught by what you see going on in the world today. Uh, but I want it to bring our focus back uh, to where it needs to be as men and women of faith. Uh, because how many knows that we are not our own, uh, but we've been bought with a price and what? We belong to another. Uh, and we have to understand this morning uh, that now according to Scripture, uh, that after the resurrection of Jesus Christ... Uh, we know uh, that he began to show himself, reveal himself uh, to his followers and to the apostles. Uh, so I want to transition now to Acts chapter number one. Uh, and we find in Acts chapter one, beginning in verse number three through five, uh, it simply says these words, uh, to whom also he showed himself, talking about the apostles and those of the early church. Uh, it says he showed himself alive uh, after his passion by many infallible proofs, been seen of them 40 days and speaking of the things pertaining to the kingdom of God. 
and been assembled together with them, commanded them that they should not depart from Jerusalem, but wait for the promise of the Father, which saith, You have heard of me, for John truly baptized with water, but ye shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost not many days from now. As his time for leaving was approaching, and he knew that it was about time for him to take his rightful place in the throne room of heaven, he begins to have a conversation with the apostles and he begins to give them direction, gives them guidance, but he also begins to give them encouragement. If we continue to read on in chapter number one, six through eight, it says, when they therefore were come together, they asked of him saying, Lord, will thou at this time restore again the kingdom to Israel? And he said unto them, it is not for you to know the times of the season which the Father hath put in his own power, but you shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem and in Judea and in Samaria and unto the uttermost parts of the earth. As this conversation is taking place, something happens. Now I want you to get this with me this morning. Uh, as he's having this conversation, we find in verse number 9 through 11, it simply says, And when he had spoken these things, uh, while they beheld him, while they looked upon him, uh, he was taken up and a cloud received him out of their sight. And while they looked steadfastly towards heaven as he went up, Behold, two men stood by them in white apparel, which also said, Ye men of Galilee, why stand you gazing up into heaven? This same Jesus, which is taken up from you into heaven, shall so come in like manner as you have seen him go into heaven. As we look at this passage, we can quickly come to the conclusion that this moment, everything changed. Now, think about it. You're having a conversation He's talking to you, describing to you that things is getting ready to be different, that the Father's going to send the comforter. All of this is happening, and all of a sudden, he begins to lose gravity and begins to go into the heavenlies. Now, they begin to see this in their natural eyes. All of a sudden, he has told them, I want you to go to Jerusalem, tarry there, because not many days from now, you're going to be endued with power from on high. You're going to be witnesses for me in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the uttermost parts of the earth. Man, that is mind-boggling. Okay, now this guy is in front of you, and now he's no longer present. The mind begins to process what it just saw, what it just witnessed. And it was in this moment that Jesus, we know, went to the throne room of God, sat down on the right hand of the Father, and he is there this morning making intercessions for you and I, which brings me to the question today, what was left? Now, we can talk to you today about John chapter 16, 7 through 14, where Jesus simply said, it is expedient that I go away, that the comforter will come, and that he will guide you and lead you into all truth. He'll speak of the Father. We, we, we could talk about that and we say, well, the Holy Spirit was left. And we understand, yes, it was left. And he came to equip us and he's present now. In the book of Chronicles, you will read where he's moving to and fro upon the earth, looking for a vessel that he can inhabit. So that is true. But before the Holy Spirit ever arrived, because you have to realize that when Jesus was ascending, the Father was releasing the Holy Spirit to come to planet earth. But before the Holy Spirit ever got here, what was left? We could talk about maybe 
If it was in my house right now, you could talk about, oh, that little garment that he had on when they first brought him out of the manger. You could talk about, oh, maybe a, maybe a, a, a little trinket that he obtained in the natural way he was here. We're not talking about those things, but what was left when he left. It began to be deposited, the greatest gift for humanity that was ever left for any man, woman, boy, or girl. It began to be deposited in Luke chapter 22, verse 44. Jesus been in agony. He prayed more earnestly, and his sweat was as it were great drops of blood falling down to the ground. Stay with me. In the garden, when he knew he was getting ready to be betrayed, he was getting ready to take on the cross, and he simply is praying, Lord, the, fl- the, the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. There was a struggle going on, and he knew what was getting ready to take place, but it proceeded, and something began to drop from his body. It's what they began to sing about this morning, the blood of Jesus. I want to talk to you about it for a few moments today. I want to take you on this journey. If you began to leave the garden and you began to walk with Jesus, you began to walk with that quarantine of soldiers, you began to walk with the disciples as they began to go towards Pilate's Hall, and we began to find that it proceeds to fall to the ground. In Pilate's Hall, in Matthew 27, 27 through 30, notice it says, Then the soldiers of the governor took Jesus into the common hall and gathered unto him the whole band of soldiers, and they stripped him and put on him a scarlet robe. And when they had plaited a crown of thorns, they put it upon his head and a reed in his hand, and they bowed the knee before him and mocked him, saying, Hail, King of Jews. And they sped upon him and took the reed and smote him on the head. They didn't realize what was happening. Uh, As they began to tie him to the whipping post and they began to plow his back open like you would in furrows on a field, all of a sudden they thought it was their day, but they didn't realize that God was leaving something behind. Uh, It wasn't even been noticed. It wasn't been talked about. uh, But Isaiah 53, 5 tells us, uh, but he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. Uh, The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And with his stripes, we are healed. Uh, We then see as Jesus began the journey from Pilate's Hall, and you all know all of the events that transpired. I don't think I need to retell those today. Uh, But we find that he began then a journey to Calvary. Uh, After under the weight of the cross, uh, we find that something continues to fall. It is the blood of Jesus. Uh, Matthew 27, 31 and 32. It says, and after that, uh, they had mocked him. They took the robe off of him and put his own raiment back on him uh, and they led him away to crucify him and as they came out they found a man of Cyrene Simon by name uh, him they compelled to bear his cross Uh, we find that as he began to come under the cross uh, Simon was the first man to be touched by the blood of Jesus Uh, we find that as he began to go up Calvary's hill uh, and they began to arrive at a place called Galgotha uh, we find in in the same chapter 27 33 through 
through 37, it says, and when they were coming to a place called Golgotha, that is to say a place of the skull, uh, they gave him vinegar to drink mingled with gall. And when he had tasted thereof, he would not drink. Uh, and they crucified him, uh, parted his garments, uh, casting lots that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the prophet. Uh, they parted my garments among them and upon my vesture did they cast lots. Uh, and sitting down, they watched him there and they set up over his head uh, his accusation written, this is Jesus, the King of the Jews. Uh, it was here, my friend, that they began to drive the nails uh, in his hands and feet. Uh, but then as they erected the cross uh, and they put it into the ground, uh, it is then that they took the, uh, the spear uh, and they punctured his side uh, and punctured his heart and everything dripped out of him. Uh, it was at that moment of time uh, that Jesus uh, emptied himself uh, because it was the will of the Father. Uh, why did he empty himself? Uh, it's because inside of him uh, there was a possession uh, that was able uh, to bring about the change that was needed. Uh, yes, it was not God's plan for him to be here forever. Uh, it was his plan to come uh, and to do uh, what was required uh, for the remission of sin. Uh, and that was the shedding of the blood. Uh, can I tell you this morning, uh, it is then and then in that moment uh, that things began to transpire and happen. Uh, as the blood began to fall down and as he become emptied, uh, all of a sudden something changed. Uh, it says in your Bible uh, that in the moment uh, of darkness upon the earth, uh, that the veil of the temple uh, began to be rent from the top to the bottom. Uh, and we find that for the first time uh, since the garden, uh, men had access to go beyond the veil. Uh, and it was because of the blood of Jesus. Uh, you say, what are you saying this morning? Uh, it is that which was left uh, that began to have a voice uh, and began to cry out for humanity. Notice with me, uh, I've got to remind you of something right here. Uh, what the enemy uh, did not want to happen. Uh, please hear me. Uh, he did not want Jesus to go to Calvary uh, because he understood. You can read in the book of John because uh, it says, if the Son of Man be lifted up, uh, he will draw all men unto him. Meaning this, uh, that if the Lord went to the cross uh, and he was erected and lifted up, uh, there was going to be something that was deposited out of him uh, that would begin to touch the earth, uh, that would cancel the authority of the enemy. Uh, and therefore you will find uh, after that passage of Scripture uh, he is no longer identified uh, as being the prince uh, and the power of the world, uh, but he is identified as the prince and the power of the air. Uh, can I tell you when the blood of Jesus hit the ground, uh, the enemy lost his deed and authority to this planet, uh, and therefore it belongs to the Lord. Uh, that's why uh, we find that everything uh, that is released from the heavenlies uh, is always began to be bombarded by the enemy uh, in the atmosphere uh, because it tries to keep it from reaching its destination. Uh, somebody sat there while I preached this morning uh, because something happened in that moment. Uh, it's the same thing that happened in Genesis chapter 4 verse number 10 uh, when the Lord come to Cain and said where is your brother? Uh, he said what am I? Am I my brother's keeper? He said no uh, but the voice of his blood uh, began to call out to me. Uh, can I tell you a little better than 2,000 years ago uh, when Jesus began to sweat in the garden of Gethsemane 
Gethsemane, uh, there began to be a droplet of blood. Uh, when he got to Pilate's Hall, there began to be more droplets of blood. Uh, when he began to go up Calvary's hill, there began to be more droplets of blood. Uh, but when he got to Calvary uh, and everything was oozing out of him, uh, it looked like everything was over. Uh, but can I tell you, it was just the beginning uh, because in that moment, uh, the heavenlies uh, began to hear something uh, that they had never heard before. Uh, it began to be the cry uh, or the voice uh, of the blood of Jesus. Uh, he'd never heard it like this before. Uh, he began to say, it's done. Uh, it's finished. Uh, it's complete. Uh, they've been redeemed. Uh, they've been saved. Uh, they've been rescued. Uh, I'm going to preach this thing this morning uh, because it is still the blood of Jesus uh, that takes away the sins of the world. Uh, church, uh, the blood is still present this morning. Uh, somebody ought to give him a shout of praise uh, this morning. Why are you so excited, Pastor? Can I tell you real quick? Uh, it can't be washed away. Uh, it can't be removed by governments. Uh, it can't be removed by unbelief. Uh, no matter what the enemy does, uh, tries, uh, it cannot remove the blood. Uh, I'm just going to tell you this morning, uh, I'm thankful for the blood. Uh, I'm thankful for the blood. Uh, I'm thankful for the blood uh, because it still saves. Uh, it still delivers. Uh, it still sets free. Uh, it still brings miracle work power into the realm uh, that you and I live today. <coughs> oh, but preacher, the world's a mess. I don't care. The blood is still present. I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm going to tell you what to do. Begin to put your trust in Jesus uh, and watch the impossible become possible. Uh, watch the darkness turn to day. Uh, watch the bad report begin to turn into the miracle working testimony of God's goodness and grace in your life. We are not able to be defeated today because of what he left. The blood is still aligned that the enemy cannot cross. Hear me. It's time for the church to once again put their faith in the cleansing blood of Jesus. The enemy comes along and says, you're a failure. But the blood cries out, you're more than a conqueror. The enemy says, it's over and you're dying. But the blood says those that believe never really die. The enemy says you're dirty and defiled, but the blood says you're white as snow. The enemy says you're sick and diseased, but the blood says you're healed and made whole. I have to remind you today of the following. In the war in the heavenlies, hear me, the angelic beings begins to uprise. Things begin to happen. And all of a sudden, Revelations 12 and 11 says, and they overcame him, Lucifer, by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony. And they loved not their lives unto the death. What are you talking about, preacher? Is the word of their testimony was this, I belong to him. He is mine. I walk with him. I talk with him. But then it says, by the blood. They overcame. The reason that we're not overcoming today in areas of our life is because we have failed 
to teach a generation how to plead the blood of Jesus. Young and old alike, please hear me. The only way that we walk in victory is by pleading the blood. When things look dark and hopeless, it's still the blood. Our hope is in the blood. Our strength is in the blood. Our salvation's in the blood. Our victory's in the blood. There is still power in the blood of Jesus. I, I, listen, the old songwriter had it well. Simply said, what can wash away my sins? Uh, nothing but the blood of Jesus. Uh, what can make me whole again? Uh, nothing but the blood of Jesus. Uh, let me add a line to it. What can make me walk uh, in a spirit of expectancy with my future? Uh, nothing but the blood of Jesus. Uh, can I tell you, uh, it's not time to look at yesterday's. Uh, it's not time to look at what the world is doing around us. Uh, yes, we got to have knowledge and understanding, uh, but we are the church. Uh, we are blood-bought, spirit-filled on our way to heaven. We are the most powerful entity on this planet. And the devil, even though he wants to destroy you, does not have the right nor the ability because you are covered by the blood. Listen, I'm not talking about a drop, but we are covered. And if I'm covered, if he comes on this side, he can't get to me. If he comes on this side, he can't get to me. If he tries to come behind me, he can't get to me. If he comes in front of me, He can't get to me uh, because of the blood. Somebody ought to just give God praise for what he left right now. uh, Because uh, you're still here. Uh, You're still victorious this morning. Ah, preacher, I don't know. I, I, I don't know, preacher. Can I tell you how powerful the blood is when somebody begins to plead the blood? Can I tell you how powerful it is? Wednesday night, about 8 o'clock, I walk up right here. About the time I left there, my phone rung. I thought my brother just didn't realize I was at church. I thought I'll call him here in just a minute. About that time, the church phone rung. Then I saw him grab Debbie from back there. Knew something wasn't right. My sister, when I was standing here, had a major issue. My brother Alvin, my brother Michael, was just down the road. They called. They said, you have to get here now. She is gone. My brother walked into the house. Alvin, I hope you don't care if I tell this. Walked into the house. Walked in. They grabbed her hand. Her hands are cold. She's gray. She's not breathing. In the midst of everything that's going on, panic. My brothers grab her, lay her on the bed. My brother naturally begins to rub, her, give her a sternum rub, began to get something. But at the same time, Brother Alvin standing in the room. He didn't wait for anybody. He didn't wait for a preacher. He didn't wait. He began to pray. Somebody said, he, I never heard that boy pray. He began to pray in authority. Uh, can I tell you, uh, when I got there from here a few moments later, I stuck my head into the ambulance. Uh, she was not responding. Uh, she wasn't moving. Uh, she wasn't able to process anything. Uh, but about 30 minutes later, when we got to the hospital, uh, they walked out and said, hey, she's setting up and talking. Uh, can I tell you? you. Uh, She's home today uh, because somebody uh, began to plead the blood. Uh, I'm here to tell you uh, the enemy may come uh, and try to destroy your family, uh, may try to take life from you, uh, but when God says that's not over, uh, it's not over. Oh, 
I got to tell somebody this morning, uh, you got to shake this stuff off uh, and you got to begin to walk as a child of God. Uh, you are more than a conqueror. Uh, you are uh, able to walk in victory and power. The devil comes to steal, kill, and destroy, yes, uh, but he doesn't have power over you. Somebody give him a shout of praise this morning. I want you to hear me this morning. The days of coming to the house of God and going home has got to come to an end because you're going to have to begin to plead the blood of Jesus over your city, over your family, over your nation, and over the nations of the world. Listen, God is moving and God is desiring to move, even in a greater manner. But listen, somebody's got to begin to plead the blood of Jesus again. Listen, there is nobody out there that's hopeless if they come in contact with Jesus. I don't care what your eyes say. I don't care how many times they failed. I don't, I don't care how many times they've disappointed. Listen, we do not have a right to give up on people, uh, but we have the authority to begin to plead the blood over them and begin to say we no longer accept that, uh, but we begin to believe and trust for a complete uh, restoring uh, and a complete wholeness to come to humanity. Uh, you say, but preacher, uh, that's a little radical. Uh, but listen, I have every right to stand in a place of radical belief uh, because of what what was left uh, because for hundreds and thousands of years uh, the blood is saved and delivered and set free uh, you will find uh, that it has began to touch the hearts of men uh, even in the, in the most darkest of places uh, but though can I tell you this morning uh, that which was left uh, has not lost its power lost its ability but it is just as strong today as it's ever been uh, but somebody's got to believe in it yes. do you believe this morning that's why Jairus heard the words of Jesus simply when he was walking together. Just believe only. Don't give place to doubt. Can I tell you this morning right now, what I'm doing is telling you you just need to believe. Doesn't matter what it may look like, sound like, and even feel like. But what matters is that you understand the blood is still present. Can I ask you this question today? Where's your hope? Where's your trust? You see, we have a lot of people walking around weak today. They love the Lord. And I'm not questioning their salvation. But they fail to understand what Isaiah 26 and verse number, uh, number 10 says this morning. Or verse number 4 says, rather. Trust you in the Lord forever. For in the Lord Jehovah is everlasting strength. Listen, he's not just going to give you strength to get through the day, but he's going to give you strength to get through the journey. This morning, how strong are you? How encouraged are you? How focused are you? I have to, I have to challenge us this morning because of what is left. The blood. When it looks like everything's falling apart, the blood of Jesus comes along and it just begins to change the dynamics of everything. I want to ask you today, are you covered by the blood? 
Are you truly covered by the blood? I'm not asking if you're religious. I'm not asking what you belong to. I'm not, not asking that. None of that matters. What matters is that we come to a place where we begin to walk in that place where once we're covered, we begin to understand who we are in Christ. Claude Ely penned the words and sung so beautifully, I'm a child of the King. Do you understand who you are this morning? Do you truly understand what it is to be forgiven of your sins, to have had the blood of Jesus applied to your life and you'd be washed white as snow and to become a new creation in Christ Jesus. Old things pass away, all things become new. Do you know what that really means? It means this, that you're an individual that's covered by the blood, but you, as he wrote in his passage of music was, I have royal blood flowing through my veins. See, the blood can do some amazing things. The blood brings healing. People don't realize that. Kirsten had an issue with her epidural. Created spinal leakage. And this week's been a very rough week for her. They first thought it was something. Then they said no. But then we went back to the doctor two days ago. They had to go back in and they had to draw blood from her body, inject it into her spine. But notice what happened. The moment that the blood began to go into her body and began to flow through that spine, all of a sudden there began to be a release and healing began to take place because blood became present. Can I tell you, blood begins to stop the oozing of sin and it begins to bring into a completion can I tell you, I got to ask you, is the blood present today in your life? Not about yesterday, not about five months ago, but today, right now, the blood. As they prepare to come to the music this morning, I want to say to you once again, it's time for us to begin to operate and walk in the authority that God has given us that are covered by the blood. Not only did the blood redeem us, not only has our healing been purchased with it, and not only then did the Father and the Son release the Holy Spirit to come to empower us and equip us while we're here, so that we can be witnesses and advance the kingdom to the world. It also is the blood that gives us the right to stand and to speak with power and authority against sin and against evil. Your redemption came at a great cost my redemption came at a great cost they sing the song sometimes it wasn't easy it wasn't easy 
that's sitting in the throne room of heaven today, he would simply say, it's worth it. Because throughout generations, he has witnessed and saw those that were stricken with sin, hopeless, downtrodden, and broken, be restored. He has saw those from the portals of heaven that had gorgs on the side of their face from cancer just fall off in napkins when people began to plead the blood. And every time he says it's worth it. When blinded eyes has been made whole, he says, oh, it was worth it. Every time a lame man's got up out of a wheelchair, he said, it was worth it. Every time somebody's put their faith in him and they began to see and experience the power of God, it was worth it. I had the privilege on Monday to go meet with the gentleman, visit with him and his wife, some of his family. We didn't preach a message. We didn't have glory clouds going off. We just had good conversation. Knelt down in front of him, held his hand and prayed. He wasn't eating, wasn't able to walk, wasn't able to really do much for himself. I got a call the next morning, a text the next morning that was forwarded to me and said, we went to Maggie's and ate breakfast this morning and he's driving home. I don't know if Maggie's is the right choice or not, but probably safe to say you might have had biscuits and gravy. I don't know. That's just who we are, right? What I'm saying is this. When the blood is present, what looks impossible isn't really impossible at all. But while we sit in silence across the United States of America and across the globe for that matter, not operating in the authority that God has given us, we are witnessing the kingdom of darkness take territory that does not belong to him. So what are you going to do with the blood that's on your life? Who's going to stand in the gap and make up the hedge for this generation? Because can I tell you, the kingdom of darkness is targeting the most vulnerable in our society. They're not waiting till our children are 21 or 18 or 15 or 14, no. But they are strategically trying to grab our children. And we sit silently by and allow it to happen. I am disturbed this morning. At the same time, I am excited, but I am disturbed. And I have to be careful what I say this morning, but I'm not going to attack individuals. But while we sit in church every Sunday morning, those in our school system, many of them I know and I love, friends of mine, from school board on down, We just appointed an openly gay gentleman to be a teacher for our most vulnerable children. And what he does in his private life is his business. I'm going to love him and treat him like I would anybody else, so I'm not attacking him. But what I do have a problem with is a man that walks in and begins to put rainbows all over his classroom and thinks he's going to teach five-year-old kids in Fayette County. I have a problem with that. 
What's going to happen, though, we're going to come to church next Sunday, do nothing about it, sing three songs, listen to a preacher, clap our hands and say, that was good. But then we're going to go back and do everything else that's not important, but we make it important while we let the world educate our children and teach them that things are okay, that is complete contrary to the Word of God. So I ask you, what are you going to do with the blood that's applied to your life? See, if I take you back to Matthew 24, we don't like the rest of that, what we read. It simply says, you know, at the beginning of sorrows, all of this stuff happens. But it says then, but then they're going to begin to attack you for standing up for my name. So I ask you, when are you going to stand up? When am I going to stand up? When are we going to say enough's enough? We have to stand. And we have to be a voice. And we have to be who God's called us to be. I'm not telling you to be mean, no. I'm telling you to love the sinner right where they are and love them with such godly love that they see themselves in their brokenness and in their sin where the convicting power of the Holy Ghost once again begins to touch their heart and say, I want what you have. But if we're not careful, we're putting all the garments of the world on so nobody even sees the blood. So how peculiar do you look this morning to the world? You see, if I'd have walked out here this morning with fake blood poured all over me, I'd look, you'd all look at me like, man, what's that guy doing? He's peculiar. But can I tell you, I'm supposed to look different. I'm supposed to be different. My vocabulary is supposed to sound different. I'm supposed to dress different. I'm supposed to be different. Not just for the sake of difference, but to be salt and light in the world in which I live. My life should promote thirst. Somebody should be thirsty for what I have. Is anybody thirsty for what you have this morning? Is anybody thirsty for the Jesus that you're serving this morning? Is anybody longing to get a taste of him? Listen, the psalmist wrote this. He said, taste and see that the Lord is good. Has anybody tasted Jesus because of what they've seen in you? Or is the blood disclosed and disguised? I got to be real with you. I know we could be anointed when we preach. We could be anointed when we sing. We can be anointed when we pray. All of those things, absolutely. But unless the blood is present, there is no remission and there is no healing. There is no deliverance. Uh, but when the blood is present, uh, everything changes. I stand to tell you today, I believe the blood is getting ready to begin to flow again in the house of God. There is some things changing, but it's going to happen in places that men and women begin to shake off all the stuff and begin to say, I plead the blood of Jesus. This morning, as we stand, as we stand all over the house today, what was left? I read an article this week. Scientists have once again going through a body that they exhumed of this time in history. And they are fascinated by what the last meal this guy ate because they have discovered upon their investigation that he died shortly after he ate his last meal, so therefore it was not all digested. So they have meticulously been exhuming and 
hours and hours and hours trying to decide what this guy had to eat right before he left. They've come to the conclusion that he had a couple different types of fruit and they believe it was probably fish. They think this is this awesome thing. This guy left behind evidence that he ate fish and he ate some fruit right before he died. And the scientific world is excited about it. I wish the church would meticulously begin to examine the Word of God and begin to see he left healing, he left deliverance, he left hope, he left miracle working power. And I wish somebody began to get excited about it and began to tell the world, you know what? My God left his blood so that I could be redeemed. Is anybody excited about the blood of Jesus this morning? Because the blood is present, you can stand here with hope that your wayward son or daughter can still find Jesus. Because the blood is present, you can still say cancer has to flee in the name of Jesus. Uh, Because the blood is present, uh, you can still curse heart disease and say, I break that generational curse uh, and that's not happening to me. Uh, You can begin to pray in faith over your grandchildren and say uh, that they will be mighty men and women of God uh, because uh, the blood uh, does not lose its power. The late S.M. Lockridge said this, a sermon should do the four these four things. It should stretch your mind. It should tan your hide. It should warm your heart. And it should provoke the will. I don't know if I stretched your mind. I hope I tanned your hide. I don't know if I warmed your heart, but I sure do hope uh, that I provoked your will uh, to be the man of God and the woman of God that God called you to be uh, in this hour. Uh, I don't know about you, uh, but let's quit being people that do church uh, and let's become the church uh, and let's touch a world uh, in this hour. Amen? Anybody with me this morning? I said, is anybody with me this morning? I'm so thankful that he's still God. I'm still thankful this morning that he's still able to do exceedingly abundantly whatever I ask or think. I'm thankful this morning that in the midst of darkness and uncertainty, there is an assurance uh, that Jesus is mine. Uh, Can I tell you, the songwriter said, blessed assurance, uh, Jesus is mine. Uh, Oh, what a foretaste of glory divine. Uh, This is my story. Uh, This is my song. Uh, I will praise him uh, all the day long. Uh, I wish somebody would just praise him for about 30 seconds uh, for the blood, uh, for the blood, uh, for the blood. Uh, I'm not trying to work you up this morning. uh, But I'm telling you, there was something that was left uh, that was precious. Uh, You're here today with hope uh, because of the blood of Jesus this morning. Maybe you're under the sound of my voice or you're joining us by way of live stream and you don't know who Jesus is. Uh, Can I tell you this morning, uh, he is the beginning, he's the end. Uh, He's the alpha and the omega. Uh, He is the one that's able to save you, deliver you, and set you on a solid rock. Uh, He is the one that if you'll put your faith and trust in him, uh, he will bring healing and uh, he will bring deliverance. Uh, You don't have to go through 50 steps, 30 steps. You just gotta take one step. uh, And it is to the place called Calvary. Uh, And when you step there, 
water. The blood of Jesus will begin to wash you white as snow and you will go down heavy, but you'll come up resurrected with life and with vigor. Can I tell you, today is the day that you are to call on the name of the Lord. Maybe you're into the sound of my voice this morning and you're stricken in your body. Uh, you're stricken in your mind or your emotion. Uh, can I tell you, uh, the enemy does not have a right uh, nor authority. Uh, you don't need to wait for somebody to lay hands on you, uh, but you need to begin to lay hands on yourself uh, and say, I am blood-bought, spirit-filled. Uh, I belong to the Heavenly Father uh, and I know that His blood is present. Uh, so therefore, I decree and declare my healing, uh, my deliverance, uh, my peace, uh, and my rest. Uh, listen, uh, I know the enemy don't want you to get it this morning, uh, but I didn't do all of this just for you to walk out of here the way you came. Uh, but I come to tell you uh, the blood is present right now in this room. Because of that, healing's present, deliverance is present, salvation is present. So if you need a touch this morning, as they begin to minister in song before we leave, I'm going to give you an opportunity to come. You can stand, you can kneel. There's a need in your life, there's a need in your family. You need a miracle, he's still a miracle worker. It's time to shake off all the stuff, shake off all of the religion, uh, shake off all the tradition, uh, and begin to say, I'm going to trust in you. Uh, I'm going to trust in the blood. Uh, I'm going to let it be applied to my life. Uh, listen, uh, I refuse to let what's going on in the world to steal my joy uh, and to steal my peace. Uh, I understand we go through stuff. Uh, it's been a week, uh, but at the same time, I can stand here and tell you uh, I'm still standing, uh, not because of my strength, uh, but because of who my daddy is. Uh, can I tell you, uh, his blood is been there every step of the way and I'm here today telling you that it's time that we begin to walk with the power and the authority that God has given us. I listen we're so bound we can't even get excited about the blood. God help us Jesus. We gotta get free in the house of the Lord because listen your favorite preacher ain't gonna make it happen for you. Your favorite singer ain't gonna make it happen for you but it's when you get back to the basics that you'll begin to see the power of God move in your life. So what are you going to do with the blood today? I'm, I'm so thankful this morning that it's still flowing. It still brings peace, rest, hope world out there is in trouble. We all know that. And I don't say this in a judgmental fashion at all. Please don't misinterpret what I'm saying. But there's a lot of people assembled in buildings just like this all across this nation and they're in trouble too. Because we forgot about the blood. We're not entertainers. We're not the world. We are the church. got to get back to the blood right now the same blood the same power in it that has touched countless thousands before you has the power and ability to touch you right now wherever you need this morning but by faith you have to respond 
So if you're in this room as they begin to minister in song, and you say, I need a touch. I need a miracle. I need something changed in my family. I need something in my finances. I, I need something different to take place. I can't stay as I am. I'm going to ask you to step out of your seat and come join me right now without delay because of the blood. Is there anybody in this room as they begin to sing right now? The minister of song just began to pray right now all over this house. You can stand, you can kneel, but we're going to pray with you this morning. But the blood. Hi everybody, this is Pastor Jade Abrams here. I want to thank you for joining us today. And I also want you to connect with us. You can find us on all the social media platforms listed below. And we would love to catch up with you, hear what God has spoke to you, and continue to follow us. And we love you and God bless you.